Robert Altman, how are you? I'm just great. How are you? Fabulous. I have a little bit of a cold. I'm a little congested myself. I'm going to sneeze. I'm not quite sure. Um, yeah, it is what it is, right? Oh, I love it. Uh, Dave is gone now. Um, this is fabulous. Hello again. Welcome back to another episode of the VoiceOver Gurus podcast. I'm Linda Bruno. Lucky enough to be sitting across from another actual human being in the same room with me, which is always exciting because everything I do is remote. Ah. Yeah, but this is Robert Altman. This is the real deal. Yes. Hello, Robert Altman. Hello. How are you? Good, good. You and I have been friends for a long time. Long time. Go way back. Long time. Way back in the time. Now, Rob is a a, a master of many, many talents. You you kind of run the gamut with a lot of things that you can do, but you're a stand-up comic. I try to be. You're a voice actor. <laughs> yes, try to be. You're like an MC. I definitely am an MC. Hello. Yeah, you do like parties and all sorts of stuff too. What else do you do? Yeah, um, the fun stuff. Jack of all trades. <laughs> yeah, the well, I'm now officially in the event space because I used to be, as you know, I was a sales trainer, which allowed me to bring a comedic flair to my presentations. But um, just in the past three years now, I've transitioned over to the event space, which is now just emceeing events well sales has always been in my blood and always will but really getting in front of the microphone in front of people and Mm -hmm. doing what i love to do which is light up a room so now you like coming down here to the studio because of the creative vibe right i love it because you come up with some pretty crazy stuff i mean like you i love it like tonight you're going to be in the improv class which is going to be great but um where do you get the ideas for the characters that suddenly pop into your head that you Vocalize, you know, and this is, this is why I love to come to the studio because we get to talk about stuff like this. Where, you know, I think it started off as a kid, you know, with cartoons being such a big part of my life. Sure, you know, big bowl of cereal and put me in front of the, those cartoons for hours, and just repeating and and mimicking what I could hear. You know, it, it depend on what I was watching, but I always <laughs> if it was Mister Sneaky, I would try to mimic that uh-huh. and then play with my friends. But I never really got it. I never knew what voiceover was. Mm-hmm. You know, and then coming up, I guess I was in late high school, maybe sophomore, junior year, uh, just goofing around with a couple of friends in the back of the car, and I was like. <laughs> Whoa, it's Popeye the Sailor. And they were like, you know, that sounds a lot like Popeye. And I'm like, well, I can pretty much, if I listen to it long enough, I can mimic it, you know? And they're like, that's a job. What? It's called voiceover, you numbskull. You know, so it was like, really? And uh, that's kind of where it, it started. Took, it started. So you found you had just like a good ear, right? A good ear. And then um, coming out of high school, going into college, um, I worked in a deli for five years. Which I have to say, that was just, I still think it's one of the best jobs I've ever had. For really? You, you deli people out there. Absolutely. Because I'm surrounded by food that I love to eat mm-hmm. uh, and different people coming in all the time. There's always energy in and out. You know, you got to listen to the radio and wear a cool apron. You know, I wasn't wearing a, a <laughs> paper hat like my brothers and sisters at McDonald's. But um, it, I got to really mimic the customers that would come in. And I worked with a guy, it was two brothers, Tom and Nick, and Nick in the morning would mimic people also. He was this big Italian guy that used to be a bodybuilder <laughs> when he was young. And um, I started listening to him mimic some of the customers. A woman would come in all the time for her cold cuts, and he'd just walk by and go, half a pound of gabagol. <laughs> and I would be like, wow, that's pretty funny, you know? So I started listening to some of the characters 
that would come out in my in, in the customers' voices. Oh wow! And so that's your inspiration. That was always an inspiration. So really, the combination of of all the cartoons. Yeah. People that I would mimic coming in, uh-huh. you know, there was a guy that came in all the time. This guy, his name was CG, and he was a, he was a, he was a tall black man, uh, maybe seventies, but ve- almost scary looking. Like he had this do rag on, and he had this sunken in face, and 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 he used to say the same thing every day, like like clockwork. Come in, yeah, I'd like to get me a large beard and El Plecto. <laughs> and I mean, that was CG to a T. So people were like, oh my God, you sound just like CG, you know? And it was, uh-huh. I would start just mimicking some of these people, and those became some of the characters that I got to, you that know, develop. em- developed. Uh, yeah. Now, I mean, you do, do you still do stand up from time to time? I'll host. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'll host the shows, which gives me a little bit more flexibility. It's not like I have to go out and do my 10 minute routine. And, and for me, I, I know this is, sounds crazy, but comedy's got to be improv. Mm hmm. I'm improv. That's my my gift is improv and thinking on you know on, on the dime feet. on mm-hmm. my feet. So if I can go out and host a show and it's not scripted, mm-hmm. when I'm scripted, I'm not funny. Oh, interesting. So that's a tough putt for a comic, right? You know, people are like you're so funny when we're out. Why don't you be like way on stage? I'm like, hey, thanks, appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, step on my head while I'm drowning. You know, but it, it was true for me. All the improv stuff I would do in between my bits. Was the I got the most laughs, mm-hmm. you know? So it, it started when I was I was a kid. Just you know, I would just always like to be the fun. I, I tried to be the funny kid in the room, but you know, it was like the fun. Oh, what was that? I like I like the fart noises and stuff like that. And they were like, <laughs> well, you know, you can't use this on stage, and you shouldn't use that. You don't want to characterize yourself. And like, it got to be, they wanted to not control you, but kind of funnel you. You know, yeah. don't do you know, don't do dick jokes. You know, and, and it's like. <laughs> They told you what to do and what not to do, which was not me. Which is kind of the antith- antithesis of creativity in my in my head. Yeah, I you look know? exactly. Because you I, don't want restrictions. Right. You want to just go for it. Yeah. You know, and other people Let are like, nah, man, flow. be nuts, be crazy. You know, other comics do it and stuff. And they were like, you'll get more work if you work clean. So I, I tried both. I mean, I, I did the comedy circuit. I did the whole thing. And yeah. You know, and up here in Long Island, New York. Long Island did the city, did the bringer shows, and all that. And I got the most fun out of the hosting because then the hosting, then I can just play off the off the people mm-hmm. that were there. Because, like, situationally, when you come to the office, sometimes you'll tell us stories about like your life or something that <laughs> happened or someone you dated or an experience. And your <laughs> descriptions, you're very physical. I yeah. mean, physicality is like huge for you and, yeah. and seeing your face and how you act it out. But you can take a simple situation, it seems, and you just turn it into this huge caricature. Yeah. Situ- I mean, how are you doing that? You're just, I mean, <laughs> how do you find the funny? Uh, I, it's hard to say. I, I think trying to get my message over in a physical way is easier than me explaining it, you mm-hmm. know? And it's always been that way for me when I came here to Digital Waterworks. And Dave, you know, actually listened to my voiceover tape. He was like, yeah, it's okay. And he just put it on the side. And then when he saw me go into the voiceover booth and become Thurston Howell, mm-hmm. talking about a Chevy Tahoe, because I, I would create voices for the car dealers for their different vehicles. Oh, okay, cool. So, you know, I was like, yes, isn't that right, lovey? She loves my Chevy Tahoe. <laughs> and, and, I, and I got into this character where I stuck my face out and yeah. So you change up your body. And I changed my, the, yeah. my body. Mm-hmm. Into th- I was watching Gilligan's Island in mm. my head. Wow. And he was like, come out of the booth. I thought he did something wrong. I go, what? He's like, 
what was that? And I said, that's, he goes, I know it's Thurston, you nimwit, but what is that? What's this tape? Right. And I was like, well, they told me not to go over the top. He's like, but that's you. That's what sells you. That's what sells you. And that's you. And, you know. So taking it down to the basics of it, when Mm. when you just mentioned Thurston Howell, you are tapping into something from your childhood, something that you saw probably as a kid. Yeah, over and Um, over. And then you are visualizing it at the same time while you're voicing it. Yes. Is that what it is? Absolutely. Okay. So you're just picturing Thurston Howell, like, fully, or is it just, like, certain aspects of him? or Really uh, picturing him in my head. I have a picture of him in my head. And, yeah, his his whole demeanor and the way he pushed his face out, and mm-hmm. that, uh, that goes through my head and my picture in my mind. And that's how I become that person. And when I... Getting back to what you had alluded to with my stories, yeah, I kind of put myself back into the situation as it was happening in my mind. Okay. So if I'm explaining to you somebody oh, falling off a chair, which you guys you have to understand what we're talking about, obviously, <laughs> right. you know, somebody had fallen off a chair off a high, you know, of a very high platform, which is not funny, but <laughs> the way you tell the story, but it was funny because she landed in a chair and who, you know, we, she should have been killed, but. <laughs> She wasn't. We all laughed and it was a fun, but just her face, I could see it uh, and falling backwards. And that's where I put myself. Gotcha. So you just place yourself back into that situation when yeah. you're retelling the story. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, you know, that's actually a great tip for storytelling in general. Yeah. You know, to put yourself in that story. Well, that, you know, when I, when I want, I always want to continue with stand up because I think it's a staple. I think it's something that I love other than improv. I belong to two improv groups my whole life. Mm-hmm. I got a lot out of it. I was a stand-in for, a, for, I forget where it was, out on the island, I think it was Patchogue or something. I went to an improv group as an audition. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to be cocky. Sure. I, I think they didn't want me in the group because I was like outshining everybody in the group. Like I oh. was really going for it. Right, right. I was like, this is gonna be SNL. It's like, I, I wanna be in this group. And I well, was you're like, very good at letting go. So I was, I went, I went off the deep end with it and I thought it was terrific. And they were like, you're just, a, you know, the other guy, you know, this, there's other people. And yeah, there's almost like, you're a little too much for us. There's always politics. You're a little too much. <laughs> Better be too little. <laughs> All right, have a good day. So now when you, when you still go up and do stand-up, how do you prep for, for your stand-up routines then? So I, I, you know, one of our good friends, which you're friends with as well, Paul Bond, mm. uh, which I can't even Boy. tell you, man. Paul yeah. Bond. I love Paulie, and um, I just want—he's going to have his day. I just—he's just a so comic, talented, so talented, and I such mean, a wonderful person. He really is, <laughs> which is he, the added he, bonus. He—he he really is, and you know, he met with me at a diner, and and he gave me some tips, and he said, you know, tell the story. Do you, you know you are funny? You got the improv thing down. You got the voices. You know, we do this thing. We always wanted to work on this thing called the dueling sopranos. Hey, listen to me, because <laughs> he does a great Tony Soprano and be like. I don't know if you heard. He's like, I don't know if you heard. <laughs> so we're like, hey, maybe we should do the Dueling Sopranos. I don't know about that. Because you're doing it and I do it. Who is going to know who's who? <laughs> so I thought, you know, Dueling Pianos, Dueling Sopranos. So I was That's like, awesome. I said, we should go back and forth, you know, like a little tennis match. Uh-huh. But we it never came to fruition. But he told me, be the storyteller, Rob. Tell the story of your life. Mm-hmm. And that's what all the great comics do. They, they're storytellers. The best of the best are really storytellers. You can get up there and do set up punchline all night. Right. But those who can tell the stories, and for you, the way you get yourself in character, that would be it. Gotcha. Now, do you still get nervous when you go get up on stage? No. It's, believe it or not, it's, I, I get 
excited and yeah. I get euphoric. And then once that spotlight hits, I'm in my zone. Because it's an extension of you, basically. Yeah. You're not becoming anybody else. You're just extending no, out your I've been personality. In, I think you have to really get yourself in front of crowds over and over and over and over and over, mm-hmm. like a singer. But there are some singers that say they still get, like, they're going to throw up before they go on stage, you know, like right. superstars. So there's a little bit of it, but not much. I still get a little twinge of nerves. I had to do a uh, an improv class last week online, and I had a little bit of nerves before, yeah. which... I kind of think is a good thing sometimes because it gives you that added little bounce, little energy, especially yeah. if you get way too used to certain things that you do in your professional career. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. So, um, you know, I, I, you also do voiceovers too. But when we're talking about the jokes that you come up with, like, okay, so with the improv, let's talk about improv. Yeah. When you improvise, how, how are things coming to you so quickly? Do you know? Or is it just practice? No, it it just it comes into my head. Like I, I could sit there. Uh, I'll give you a great example. I was doing a, I was doing a stand up uh, stand up New York just when I first started doing comedy, mm-hmm. and this is when I kind of clicked in my head. I was like, oh, I can do. You know, I'm an improv guy. I was go- the girl up before me was killing it. The place was going ballistic. They were laughing hysterically, and I'm like, holy You got to come up behind that. <laughs> I got to follow this girl? What am I going to do? And she was so funny, and she had these giant knockers, right, with a tight sweater on, and she's just going, and she's making people, and she goes, buddy, in the front, what are you, what are you staring at? Can I just pause for a second? Yeah. You're describing her giant knockers. Meanwhile, you're putting your hands yeah. on your chest to symbolize yeah. giant knockers. I have them. Hence the physicality yes. that goes into just even describing it to me. Because now I have those giant knockers, <laughs> and if I had them, I wouldn't have come in today. So I would still be home. So why do you like them so much? Because I don't have them. So uh, she, my point was, she was like, she she killed it. At the end, she goes, you keep staring at my boobs. You know what? I'm sick of them. You have them. She pulls, and she reaches into a shirt. She pulls out two fake styrofoam breasts, and she gives them to the guy in the front row. And that was her ending. The place went bananas. That's crazy. People like stood up like a standing O. Yeah. I got to go next. <laughs> And I'm a novice at this point. I'm going to go up and, you know, tell a story of, hey, you know. Hey. So <laughs> so I I just, out of, out of the blue, I looked on the, I was sitting next to a bar. I grabbed a paper towel roll, yeah. a bounty roll, and I stuffed it in my pants as hard as I could. <laughs> Giant paper towel roll. Yeah. And I go walking up. They're like, hey, here, and please, here, they know him as Robo, Robert Oldman. And I go up, and I used to do a fall. That was like my opener, because everybody loves a good fall. <laughs> And it's, again, another comic was like, it's so cheeseball. I'm like, but it gets laughs, man. <laughs> it works for you. It works for me. I like to fall down. You know, I always did when I was a kid, and I'm good at it. So I run up on stage, and and I'm standing there, and I go, what are you looking at? You know. So again, I just improv. I'm like, you're staring at it, aren't you? To a girl that was sitting next to the guy that had the fake boobs in his hand. And I said, I'm sick of having this thing. You hold on to it. And the place went bananas. And... And that's completely improvised. It was improv. It was just spur of the moment. How am I going to peel off of this girl? Right. That's where my improv works best. When I work with other character actors that I can peel off of. Yeah. You know, when I started doing voiceover, character voiceover, I mean, you were one of my... You know, instrumental in teaching me proper voiceover, and, and you know, <laughs> right the prop the proper way the to proper speak. way. <laughs> Stop having coffee, you know. So I, 
and you're the best of the best. I, I really believe oh, that. Thank you. I, I think you're awesome. And um, I worked with a guy named Michael Krug. Yeah, I who know. we know, mm-hmm. Mike Krug. He was so amazing at a, getting voices out of me, peeling off of things that I've done, and then just combining them. You know, we did a thing called the Galaxy Gang, and it was. Uh, he says it's it was a it was a B, and he went around. It was just like right around the time when the B movie came out with Seinfeld. Okay. So it was a B that went around. He was a commentator for a race, and he was kind. Con- it was for kids, and he goes, "The B's got to sound like a B, but." Get that, and then your high school goes. Get the buzz in you, and I wanted to be Howard Cosell because he was the most <laughs> amazing announcer ever. <laughs> Zoombug here to ear you know, to wow you with my ear tingling play by play, and he was just he worked on that with me. I can't even tell you. I mean, for an hour to just no, I want it. and. He got that out of me. Like he got he got he voices. Out of you. He got voices out of me I didn't know I had. So basically you were doing the buzzing sound, but you were also using the rhythmic pattern of Howard Cosell, the yeah. way he used to speak. Yeah. With the the stopping and yeah. the starting and the and then just converting it into a character voice. Yeah. Yeah. That's that sounds like it makes sense. And, and he was just he was so such a creative like that. You know him. He's just mm-hmm. he's a super creative guy and he would just do little things to my voice. In stopping and starting with a dog, you know, you're gonna say you're hound, I'm, I'm pound dog, and he goes, just finish it with a woof. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm not, I'm not barking, but it's hound dog woof. <laughs> so it kind of really gave it a character, like I'm a big dog yeah, that's, you that's could, tired. I could, I could picture this, you know, this, this dog. Yeah, you picture it. Yeah, he's tired. So I would think of that, the big dog, the tired dog, yeah. and then I would think of droopy dog. Yeah, droopy dog with those giant jowls. You're so tired all the time. <laughs> so I would combine the dog with the droopy and woof. But that's 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 how you created that character. That's and that's the improv for me was yeah. If you got up there and said, "Okay, improv right now," you're a dog in in the park. Yeah. That's what. I would turn into a big dog with a big jowl. Now, when you were a kid, did you have a big imagination? Yeah. Yeah. That's always helpful. Yeah. To be, because already as a kid, you were letting go. I was the youngest of four. Was. <laughs> you still are. <laughs> Where am I? Where's my family go? <laughs> Before they left me at the bus stop. Uh, yeah, youngest of four. And by the time they got to me, it was just like, all right, take your army men and go out in the back and play. Leave us alone. Yeah. You know, scrape my knee up, you spit on it and go back outside. But I was fine by myself. You put me on a pile of sand with my army men and my, my, my imagination. Went crazy. And I was good for hours. You know, when I was a kid, I loved Barbies. <clears throat> and, but for some reason, I just decided that I didn't want them to be clothed. So I would take Barbie and Ken. I would strip them naked. Really? I would go out to like a field. <laughs> I would find those weeping willow trees, and oh. they would become Tarzan, Barbie, and Ken. So I would create this whole other world. Oh, now, I even like though that. Barbie gives you the clothes, the shoes, the whole nine yards, they give you the scene. Now, I had my own scene. She was wild. She was crazy. They were swinging from trees. Swinging from the weeping willow. Yeah, because of the imagination. And being an only child and my both of my parents working, ah, I time. spent a lot of time by myself. Time yeah. by yourself. So it was constant like singing and coming up yeah. with little characters. And I didn't know what the heck I was doing. But right. at the time, you realize, you know. So who do you think, like, as a childhood inspiration, who inspired you the most, do you think, as a, fam- a famous person? Or even maybe somebody you know. I don't know. 
who inspired me uh, to do to do voices? Yeah, and character work and stuff. Like, was there anybody when you were a kid? Probably, that you... um, believe it or not, not that I'm a big fan anymore, but Bill Cosby. Yeah. You know, with mm-hmm. the whole Fat Albert thing, you know, and just, you know, they were all in the, in the junkyard and stuff like that. Again, I was such, such a big kid that was so into TV and cereal. I, you know, gravy right. bowls full of cereal, and I could watch cartoons. What cereal? You know, oh, forget it, man. <laughs> Cocoa Krispies, Cocoa Puffs, Lucky Charms. Remember Lucky app. Charms? Uh, magically delicious. <laughs> Anything, life, honeycomb. I. Which alphabets. was the Dracula? What was Count Chocula. Count Chocula. Yeah. Oh. I am the Count. <laughs> I would eat Count Jocula. It goes back to Sesame Street. One butt, two butts, <laughs> two butts, three butts. <laughs> yeah, but that was, that to me was, and not only just cartoons. It, you know, we watched that that little video. It was on YouTube from the great, it was like 70s to 80s, the late 80s. It's like a little, oh, when we were kids, all the commercials and the oh, shows. Yeah. Remember we saw that? Yes, yeah. So it was the shows as well, the sitcoms, the I Dream of Jeannie, you know, Petticoat Junction. It was mm-hmm. like, I, I think today, I, I, TV's not like that. You don't have those personalities, those big, big personalities that were on the shows. Well, now the inspiration for a lot of the younger generation is video games. Is video games, yeah. yeah. That's where they're getting their inspiration for what they want to sound like. And, right. And it's a lot of extreme uh, vocal usage because like, video games take up, they shred your vocal cords. Yeah. So uh, that seems to be <laughs> what people are into now. That's yeah, scary. But Sesame Street was big for me. Yeah. You know, and all the, the and Muppets. The Muppets. The Muppets, Absolutely. Too. It's all characters. Yeah. Uh, and I love those characters. And that's, I think, when if you, we do improv, that always comes into my head as well. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the Munsters. I mean, Fred M- Mork Gwynn, and Mindy. Mork and Mindy. You know, yes. But, 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 but Herman Munster... <laughs> You know, the way he, he was a physical character. He was huge. And he was so, you know, Marilyn, and he's shaking. You know, like that's what goes into my- And Grandpa. And Grandpa. Was a character. You know, I that's when we do improv, even in our things. Believe it or not, those are the things that are shooting through my head when you're like, you. all right, here's the scene. Yeah. And you throw out the scene. I start, that's what gives me my physicality. Interesting. And, and the energy that goes in there. And it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're in there for an hour and I'm sweating. Yeah, I know. It's a workout. It's it's a workout. But it's a great workout. It is it's a great workout. It's such a relief. But it's, it is. It's just energy that goes into those characters. Is is There's a lot of energy going in there. So when you're on stage or in any kind of uh, capacity where in front of people, how are you keeping your audience entertained? Can you tell if they, you're starting to lose them? Yeah. <laughs> what do you do about that? <laughs> when they leave? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're losing them, Rob. <laughs> Why? They're all leaving. Uh, I could I could just tell um, by eye contact. I hate these headphones. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, I'm like I keep one on, one on, one off. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Yeah. But I could tell by eye contact. It depends. If it's a comedy uh, show, I could obviously tell if I'm losing them. I try to stay interactive as possible with with the crowd. If it's something more of a corporate or something like that where I'm speaking, it's a corporate speaking yeah, or like something like trainings. that. Yeah, like your trainings. How do you- Yeah, corporate sales trainings. I loved because I never stood at the front and was one of those guys that, well, today we're going to learn about this and yeah. this. And no, I was- You're moved. entertaining while you're doing your- Yeah, I could imagine you would be. I was out of my mind. And and <laughs> I was borderline where the, the one of the vice president general managers said, I don't know whether to give you a raise or fire you. <laughs> Because, you, I mean, your file in HR is about, like, it's like a Bible. 
you know, you can't touch people. I was like, well, I wasn't touching them like that. They're like, you just, you got to just stay within the guidelines, man. You're a professional here. You can't do that. You can't do these things, you know, slamming books down. It's it just, I loved just being real. It wasn't, I wasn't even doing it for shock value. You know, but yeah. they knew going in, I would take the, the training manual and be like, we're going to be with each other for five days and everything you need to know is in this manual. Mm-hmm. And you know what I think we should do this manual? And I would throw it into the trash can. <laughs> and they're like, I go, "Not you and I both know everything in that manual doesn't happen in real life. Come on. <laughs> and they were like, oh, this is going to be good. And I could tell I got them because to see how I just sat up in my yeah, chair? Yeah. That's what they did. They, oh, that's great. They sat up and they were like, this is going to be different. <laughs> they knew they were in for something. And I said, you are, some of you are going to get this and some of you won't. And that's fine, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and the big BPGM that gave me my start, back in Singular Wireless, he said, I, w- I just want you to be you. You're my trainer. I was like, no, I'm not. He's like, I'm the boss. And yes, you are. You're my trainer. And <laughs> he, he saw your talents too. He just said, he goes, I want you to attack them on angles that they don't see coming because that's your strength. That's oh, your strength. Wow. Go, go. Thinking on your feet. Thinking on mm-hmm. your feet, you know? And I used to use quotes. I mean, back then you could do, you can't do the things, well, now it's everything's webinar, so it's like my classroom trainings are out the window. But <laughs> I had such a great time doing it back then, I was doing what I wanted to do. But are webinars live-based, too, with somebody live training? Yeah, live, but you're on a computer, and it's a lot, a lot of, when I was doing them, you didn't even have webcams on the people that were, were involved. They had a webcam on me, right? but I couldn't see you. Oh, gotcha. So, and you want that interaction. You, I need that interaction. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, Linda, take the next line. Linda? Linda? <laughs> Linda's in the bathroom. Oh, great. This training's going well. You guys are going to be amazing. But when back in the day, he said you could use any form you wanted. So I would use movie clips to train in sales. Tommy Boy. Mm. You know, get somebody's name and use the name in sales, right? The biggest thing, get the name, use the name. Hi, Linda, I'm Rob, and you are? You know, you need to get somebody's, per, you know, relationship. I don't want to get into a sales course here, but so I would show them a, a DVD of Tommy Boy when he goes into, I don't know if you, you remember yeah. the movie, he goes into the diner and he's like, I really want, you know, I want to get some, some chicken wings. And she's like, fryers are off. And he's like, you sure? She goes, hold on. Yep, fryers are off, like looks over her shoulder. And he goes... Uh, What's your name? And she goes, Helen. Like, and she looks up like, oh. he's like, Helen. Hmm, Helen. That's a nice name, Helen. Helen, let me tell you why I suck as a salesman. <laughs> and, you know, and he takes this role and he's like, I got my little sale and I pat it and I'm a thigh. And he rips it all in pieces. He's like, there goes my sale. I killed my sale. And that's why I suck as a salesman. And she's like, gee, you're sick. Let me go turn on the fryers. Oh, and he goes, she can thanks, make- Helen. Tommy like winging. <laughs> You know, and he's like this big five-year-old, you know. Right. He was like such a character actor as well. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, well, that'd be a great, great thing. During but he said her name seven times. Oh, is that? Ah. So, so she point. got to him. He got to her on a personal level. Mm-hmm. And I said, I want you guys to understand this. This is gold. Because but even that's a, that even applies though in the voiceover industry because we are still selling ourselves. We're selling our voices. Absolutely. So if you're dealing with a producer or someone that you've worked with and maybe you want to keep that connection going, yeah, it's good to keep it. Maybe get it on a personal level. Yeah. You know. You know, it's so funny. I was I thought about this this morning. I, I was thinking about like we do the on hold messages as part of our voiceovers. Right. Right. Which is pretty much it's more on the lower end of the scale of voiceover work, but it's still voiceover work. You know and. You know, you could eke out a living if you could do, do enough of them. But I, I, I really realized that I got to practice more of what I preach. 
So here I am telling people how to be like this, you know, character and, you know, you know, sell the sizzle, right? right? Sell the sizzle. And yet I wasn't selling the sizzle. I would go in and say, you know, oh, this is, you know, uh, uh, Mario's Pizza. I do on-hold messaging. Thanks for calling Mario's Pizza. You know, hello, and thanks for calling Mario's <laughs> Pizza. And for most people, like, oh, you have a radio voice. And, but that only gets you so far. You got to really sell that sizzle. You know what, Mario's? We have catering. That's amazing. Right. And when I started all of a sudden doing that, they go, wow, that's something maybe we should it. have. Mm-hmm. But it's so easy to skip that step. Like, just like in voiceover, you skip a step. Getting into the character, really getting it, mm-hmm. feeling that character. I know? don't think people realize, because my approach with voiceover, no, no matter what I'm voicing, narrating, whatever, is I'm becoming like an extension of myself for that period of time. You know, because mm-hmm. I obviously don't walk around talking about diabetes medication or whatever it is that I'm doing. I could be doing an, e- an e-learning that is, you know, hours long, yeah. but there is a persona that is created that you st- when you step behind that mic and get into that booth, you become that persona for yeah. that period of time. And you have to sustain it, especially for long-form narration. A lot of times, and there have been times recently um, where I didn't even follow my own rules. I started the narration. I read a good 30 minutes in and then realized that the pitch of my voice had raised by the end of wow. it. So I went back to the beginning and was like, I sound <sighs> different. So now I got to re-record the whole freaking thing. Yeah. You don't even realize and that. go back and keep listening because you bec- you become this persona and if you don't maintain it yeah and you start to waver or you know y- your voice changes mm. you know it's it's important to that's interesting you know, think about that I wouldn't even I wouldn't even have thought about that but it's the same thing it's like it is a bit of a char- it's it's a mild character you know I'm not getting all wacky crazy with right. something but it is still you guys stay in the right lines. so like maybe I'm reading as a, a nurse you know what I perceive is what a nurse would sound like. Oh, no, 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 we need you to be a little more authoritative. Okay, so then maybe I'm going to read as a doctor instead Mm -hmm. who might be a little less caring, a little less, you know, not all doctors. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that for me, I would think, okay, I'm going to be a little more serious, a little more professional. And that's the persona, the character that I have my air quotes going up here that I become for the job. Sure. You know, but um, real quick, back to what we were talking about with personal relationships and sales, I wound up booking of huge client that I had for years based on my personality Mm. and the producer just was like you know what you seem cool and I know that I'm gonna have to spend a lot of time with you and I want to make sure that it's gonna be fun right and it's between you and one other talent and I don't click the same way and that's what wound up landing me, ultimately landing me the job. Wow. You know, obviously, initially, I had to get in the door, and yeah. I had to get the auditions, and right. I had to Town's prove be myself. There and... Yeah. But the relationship, it is about yeah, relationships. It is. You know, that's a common thing we talk about on the podcast. I, I love it. I lo- And it's it's true with life, you know? Your relationships yeah. is, is everything, building the relationships, which today... You go back to gaming and stuff like that. There, mm-hmm. that's out, that's kind of out the window. I know it's get in it. You know, get in it. It's, it's going to run you over. I mean, I know the whole. You know, Gary V. You know, <laughs> if you're not in it, man, it's going to run you over. It's like I get it, man. I get it. I get it. I, I get it, but I don't get it. You know, Gary V. Yeah, like, what is his deal? I mean, I know he's just like crazily popular now. Like, he, I, he's because he just he's he's real, and yeah. that's I I, that's, I got it. You know, listen to him is is kind of cool. 
because he just says what it is. I mean, he comes out and he, he tells it like it is, you know? He's mm-hmm. like, you don't always have to be super successful. <laughs> and, you know, all right, so you maybe this week you're not going to make $10,000. or You're not going to make $2,000 this month. So big flipping whoopee. Yeah. Take take a chill pill and enjoy your life a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's not about, oh, so I need to make more money so I can buy a bigger house and have four more bedrooms and, and, a, and a fancier car. That shit don't, there's nothing that, that, that doesn't matter. And he, he curses and he gets... Mm-hmm. But he, he's being real. He's not putting it off a shock effect. Yeah, he, that's the real deal. It's the real deal. Yeah. You know, and you look at it and you go, hmm, you know what? He's kind of right. Yeah. Now, back to, we were talking about video games briefly there. What do you, I mean, do you have any interest in working in that arena or no? That's not Just in the broadcast. <laughs> yeah, to do the live e-gaming events. I like that, yeah. yeah. I, anything in broadcast for me, as you know, I mean, I, would, I, I was watching American Ninja Warrior because I'm staying with my mom lately. <laughs> And um, because I have to. <laughs> How's your uh, career going? <laughs> that about wraps it up, folks. We got to go for a commercial. <laughs> no, but um, she likes American Ninja Warrior, and I would, I love to broadcast that. I mean, that's just yeah. high energy. I anything with high energy for me in broadcast. If I could be in front of a thousand people and get. So you're talking about the in-show announcer? Yeah. That's announcing. Okay, gotcha. So gaming for me would, I would love to do the gaming. And I just love to get people jacked up over it. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't necessarily want to be the play-by-play guy. Mm-hmm. And I take my hat off to play-by-play announcers. Yeah, oh and, my god. And we have some friends of ours that do it. Yes. And it's just a talent in itself. It really is. It's a, it's a whole other animal. You know, it's it's insane. I mean, I. Where your head has to be at to be so focused. Yeah. You know, Alex Anthony, one of our friends. Mm-hmm. You know, he had me sit in for him on a lacrosse game. You know, because yeah. he was doing something else. And then he was like, it was cool because I got to go to the garden and I saw like the Rangers locker room and stuff like that. I got this go places oh, I wouldn't cool. be able to go. Uh-huh. So I was like flipping out. But when those lights went down, it was like, and then I had it like, you know, the, that goal scored by Nick Chow. It was like a Russian guy's name. <laughs> yes. And then the guy goes running past me like, you son of a bitch. Like, you know, giving me the, I'm going to punch you. It was so difficult. And I had to call upstairs. And like, You're doing a lot of stuff. Yes. And these guys who do the play by play, it's that's crazy. It's a whole nother game. Yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole nother level. Like Dave and I have done the live announce together before for like award shows in Manhattan. Yeah. Um, and I did one with him. We were sitting together, <laughs> and you have a lot going on because you're wearing the headset, mm-hmm. and like in your right ear, you're hearing a producer telling you what the next thing is that's coming up. Mm-hmm. In the left ear, you hear yourself. Meanwhile, visually, you're looking ahead to right. see the cue. And then the, the in the right ear, the producer's like, okay, VO1 in three, two, one. And you're looking at your script, having to read these crazy names for an award show. Yeah. Especially like a tech show or something. Sure. And trying not to screw it up. Yeah. You know, because you've got this like 3,000 people down right. there eating. And that's somebody's and name. Right. And I remember screwing one up. <laughs> And I put my hand and I screwed it up and I kept rolling. But Dave was next to me and I'm smacking him under the table. I'm hitting him. I don't know why because I'm kind of like going, listen, I just fucked up. I just screwed up. But those events are crazy. Pressure. Yeah, I did one crazy at Radio pressure. City Music Hall. The Shine On Awards. It was just me. And I had to announce some very famous women, like celebrities. Ah. And I'm sitting there, and you're it's in exciting. this you're in this tiny little table. You can't see anything. You just have a little like a little lamp, a little lamp. showcasing your script mm. while everything is going on around you. Um, and I remember sitting there and so nervous. Mm-hmm. And I had my little lozenges. I was trying to keep everything clean, you know, clear. Sure. And they kept changing the script. They were like, 
okay, Fran Drescher's here, but we're going to change her copy. And I'm like, huh, what? You know, and they're like, oh, and you're going to say this in 10 seconds. Let me rewrite it. And they're rewriting on the fly while oh, I'm sitting goodness. there like freaking out. And um, union gig, not for me, but, you know, Radio City Music Hall is all unionized. Yeah, sure. I needed like an extra lamp. And they had to wait for the lighting guy who was in the union to come bring it. No one else could bring the it lamp. to me. A lamp. That's yes. insane. So we had to wait for that guy. <clears throat> but cut to the chase. I'm sitting there announcing. I'm so nervous going, God, I wish the show would be over because I was just so freaking out. And there's a huge audience out there. And all of a sudden, this woman comes and sits in front of me. And she goes, hi, do you mind if I sit here? And I look up, and it's Meryl Streep. Wow. And I'm like, no, you feel free. You can. Let me just see if somebody's <laughs> sitting there first, ma'am. She wanted to sit. Who are you? She was sitting on a speaker, <laughs> like a large speaker. Wow. And she goes, am I in your way? And I go, no. And she puts her hand. She goes, hi, I'm Meryl. I know. I'm Linda. Nice to meet you. Now I've got Meryl Streep sitting in front of me. And I'm having to go back to my script and announce like Rebecca Romaine and all these other fabulous women that That's were. That's awesome. But there's your live announce and the nerves that go with that. Yeah. I mean. It's a lot of pressure. I'm cut out for it, but I don't really like to do it. Yeah, because it's it's you have to be you have to be on and you got you got like you said you can't screw up. You can't screw up. You can't screw no. up. No, you know we go in here in the studio and people get nervous and like I'm like don't be nervous. We can always stop it and redo it. Right. Well, that's the beauty of it. You know, I mean, if you're not gonna, like being on the radio either. That's true too. You got one shot. One shot deal. Everybody's listening to you. Yeah. I worked in uh, New York City, CD 101.9, and they would say, don't get nervous. During the day, it's 8 million listeners. At night, it's only 4 million. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right. Good to know. Good to know. All right. So, well, since you said that. (laughs) But, you know, just like anything else, you get in a zone. Yeah. And then you forget. And once the nerves go off, you're like, okay. Just like I'm sure that's what Alex deals with. He just gets in his zone. Yeah. And you forget the crowd of people. You just, you're there to do your job. Absolutely. You know, but there's a persona that gets, uh, another hat that gets put on. Yeah. You know, but it's interesting how the character stuff uh, kind of infiltrates everything for you. It, it does. Yeah. with all Everything's your... a character. How do you handle, because I know you do some live events, like you do uh, um, some weddings, some parties and things yeah, like that. Yeah. How do you handle grumpy people? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you have to have encountered some people that are looking at you like, really? Especially in New York. Yeah, you, you kind of, you just really, you glaze over it, you know, <laughs> and, and you and you go to the next person or you, you kind of just, pre- I, in my mind, pretend that they're having a good time, even if they're not. They're like looking at me like, <laughs> you know, we do uh, we do a pretty cool thing. It's an interactive game show piece, uh-huh. you know, for for, an, <clears throat> for a couple of the event companies, uh, EJ the DJ. Ah, very National good. event connection. <laughs> a little plug for EJ. There you go. EJ. But um, no, and we, you know, we bring in these game shows and stuff like that. And you get some people that so love it because they grew up on Family Feud and game show. And the other people, like like you said, the grumpy people are looking at you like, what are you doing? Like really? So you bring in these game like game show concept to a party or something? Is that what it is? We'll bring it to a party. We'll bring it to a corporate event if they want to do like a team okay. building event. Oh, cool. Team building That's against fun. each other. You know, I tried to incorporate it into like sales training events, but like that. But th- they didn't see the the fun. Right. You know, it's a shame because when people are having fun, they're learning. Right. And they're learning more. But still. Because they're having a good... But they can't let go. They can't let go. But so... Or they're not comfortable but letting go. Doing doing the parties <laughs> is fun because, like you said, some people get it and then you get some people are like, eh, not so much. So I kind of like glaze over them like, all right then, <laughs> you know, great to see you, you know, had a rough day? Me too. You know, and you just, that's where the improv, Yeah. getting back to improv, you know, character, improv... 
you're a character. When I get on there, I'm, I'm the game show guy. And all of a sudden, I start talking like this. You know, like you've won something. Why am I talking like this? I don't know, but I am. Turning into Jerry Seinfeld. You know, but it's fun. But that's, that's, the, that's what I love. I like turning into somebody else. Yeah. You know, and you, when that goes on, I don't care if it's a kid who is, is bar mitzvah yeah. or it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a backyard party for somebody's birthday and they have this setup and they mm-hmm. want to have fun or it's a corporate event where it's, it, it actually is serious, <laughs> you <What>? know, <laughs> and, and you give them that look and you just kind of stop and look at them. This is, this is for all the money when your boss is here. <laughs> You know, so it's kind of fun, but they're looking at you like, is he funny or is he not? Right. You know, so that's I kind would of, love to see you in one of these corporate it's, events. It's I never will, but I would love you to will. see I'll, it. You will at some point. I would love to see it. Yeah. Like, if you ever had it, I'd love to just come down yeah. and watch. Because, yeah. I mean, I, I only know you on a personal level of just being constantly funny. <laughs> so Why can't you be funny on stage? <laughs> but for you to like Here actually deal with business stuff. Yeah. Would, I was never the corporate guy. Right. You know, I was in corporate for years and and it, and it worked for me because I was able to, you know, do the chameleon effect and get along with people who were dry and stuffy and still have fun with the marketing people. You know, yeah. you had to bounce and you had to know your limits, which I really took it to the edge. <laughs> um, and uh, it, it, if you're not having fun, I mean, really. You're only going to lose them, right? You can have fun with everything you do. Yeah, you, you can know? find a way. You find a way. And, and, and in the end, at the end of the day, I think people love it. People want to laugh. They want to be happy. They don't want to be miserable. They choose to be miserable. Rest. Yes. Yes. You know, it's choice. your choice. Mm-hmm. It's a choice. You need to be happy or you don't have to be, you know, mm-hmm. working in an event company, which I won't mention their name. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to, but I won't. You won't. I'm not holding a grudge. No, no. That's why my teeth are so tight. <laughs> but, you know, it, I said, you guys, you guys are selling fun. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you having fun selling fun? Yeah. How are you guys selling fun if you're not having fun? And they're yeah. like, what are you trying to be funny? I go, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you don't really get it. Right. You know, yeah. you're, you're an event you're an event company. Why are you cursing? Well, that makes sense. But, I, you know, I think it's fun also when someone's in a serious line of work and then they do try to make it humorous. Case in point is uh, my doctor yesterday morning, my gynecologist. Oh, I love this. Yeah. And he says to me, he goes, how are you doing? I go, oh, perimenopause, I think, has set in. And he looks at me, he goes, well, congratulations on making it, making it to 48. <laughs> and so he has this nice, positive, sunny little attitude. And he just thinks it's hilarious. you know. And then he'll say, oh, your blood pressure's a little high. But then again, <laughs> you, you've got somebody inside your vagina right now checking you out. I love it. <laughs> and he's just love it. complete humor yeah. the whole thing, which makes it- He's like Patch Adams. Yeah. And it just, it makes it go quickly. Uh, you don't even realize what's happening. Yeah. You know, yep. and I, just, I had a dentist like that. He was same thing, you know, because really? you go to the dentist, you know, you're going to get hurt at some point. Yeah. You're poking around and your teeth and stuff with little metal objects. Making little and, jokes. Ooh, and he's like, oh, come on. You, know, <laughs> you want the gas, don't you? You know, and yeah, it just made you feel so much more relaxed in a stressful environment. But he's doing his job and he's taking it seriously. Right. But he's thrown a little, he's inflecting a little bit, you know, of inflection of, of comedy. Yeah, that's and, that's, and that's I just a gift think the world that. needs a little more of that, you know. The world needs funny. The world needs funny. And I like when you come to the office. You're always full of positivity. Yeah, try to be. And fun. Try to be. Well, I'm so happy you came on the podcast. Is that it? It's over. That's it. How quickly does that go? Oh right? my god, come on. We're just getting going. <laughs> I know. I know. We got We have to go get ready for improv now. Ah. Uh, um, the thank you Robert Altman, robertaltman.com. 
Sure. With two N's? Two N's. Two N's. Yeah. M-A-N-N. Uh, thank you for joining us. This was the Voice Over Gurus podcast. Thanks and so much. Uh, at some other point, maybe you'll come down and visit with us again Absolutely. sometime. Yeah. Everyone have a great rest of your day. 